0: This is Novel Marketing, the show that gives you innovative ideas on how to sell more books. With your host,
1: Agent, author, and marketing maven Thomas Umstead Jr. And best-selling, award-winning author and marketing guru, James L. Rubart. Episode
0: 181. I'm James L. Rubart, but please, 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 please call me Jim.
1: I'm Thomas Umstead Jr.
0: And in this episode, we're gonna to talk to you guys about how you can use bookmarks and business cards to sell more books. Now, a lot of authors have no idea that they're using these promotional pieces incorrectly and poorly. But don't worry, in this episode, we're going to teach you how and when you can get the most out of bookmarks and business cards. But Thomas,
1: actual physical bookmarks, actual physical business cards, who does that anymore? Aren't we in the digital age? Well, we talk about how to promote yourself online, offline, and everywhere in between.
0: Oh, so this is one of those offline... (laughs) <laughs> this
1: is one of those offline episodes, and we're going to talk about marketing with paper. And I will say, my baby daughter is four months old, got her first boo-boo today. She got, and I felt this was very appropriate, oh, No a paper cut. Uh, she was touching <laughs> a book, and uh, her soft baby skin got cut by the paper. And she didn't even cry. My wife was like, she's bleeding. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. Uh, so anyway, she has her first Band-Aids. It's a, it's a milestone. Wow, it is. But uh, she's a happy baby, and she was so happy she didn't notice it. It was funny because she was grinning and grinning as she was looking at uh, the book. But enough about my baby. Let's talk about bookmarks. Your baby who is already a reader. <laughs> <laughs> already a reader. I am tell you what, she, she's loving those children's books. Um, bookmarks versus business cards. Uh, um, these are not either or. They actually have very different purposes and very different audiences. So as we get into this, it's important to realize that these, when used correctly, are for very different functions. Bookmarks are for readers. They're for helping you sell more books. Business cards are for influencers. They're helping you connect in person over the phone with influential people who can help you sell more books. So there's a difference in that. We'll explore that difference here in a little bit. And let's get started with business cards. So Jim, why business cards?
0: Because it makes follow-up easy. Yes, there are people that can go, oh, let's just plug each other into our phones and this kind of thing. But those people are much more rare than you think. It's much easier to go, Thomas, it was great to meet you. Here is a way for you to get in touch with me easily. Thomas sticks that card in his pocket. He's seen it once. He gets home from the conference. He pulls those cards out of his pocket. That's another connection. He sees you again. I guess what I'm trying to say is if you rely on, oh, I'll text you my number, you text me yours, that can easily go by the wayside. A lot harder if there is something physically sitting on the desk where Thomas has to decide, okay, well, I really like Jim. I am going to follow up with him or "Ah, didn't really connect. I have to throw that thing away. There still is a decision point. And if Thomas decides, yes, I'd like to get in touch with Jim, it's just a lot easier. There's something about having it visually in front of you, physically in front of you that makes a difference.
1: Yeah, I I was at a tech conference. Uh, I go to a lot of tech events here in Austin, Texas, and it's interesting because business cards are still the primary way that people interact. Like, yes, the new LinkedIn app has a way where you can Bluetooth connect to each other, but you know what? People are still handing out business cards, and especially in author world, where people tend to be a little bit less sophisticated and less likely to use LinkedIn and have an update LinkedIn profile, uh, business cards are still really key. Um, So just remember, they're not about selling books per se. That's what bookmarks are for. They're for connecting with influencers and doing uh, follow-up. All right. So let's jump into it, Jim. Format. How to make your business card stand out. And what we should say here is you want people to remember who you are a week after you hand them your business card. And you may be tempted to be like, oh, of course people will remember who I am. But let me ask you, do you have you ever received a business card where you're like Gandalf in the cave and you're like, I have no memory of this place. <laughs> if you're like me, that happens all the time. Oh my gosh, all the time, yes. And so if you're going to have a business card, how do you make it more memorable where people actually remember you? Jim, what do you do? Well, one of the things you can
0: do, make it real easy for people to remember you is leave room on the back, leave some white space on the back for people to be able to take notes. Now I'm a fan of, cause it the percentages differ. I mean, it can be anywhere from 12% to 30% to have printing on the back as well. And I say, use the back of your card. Most people, when they get a business card, think about the last time you got a business card. What did you do? You looked at the front and then you turned it over and you looked at the back. Even though most business cards have nothing on the back, everyone still turns it over to look. And so you've got an opportunity to make an impact using both sides of the card. But on the back of that card, also leave room for people to take a note. In other words, I meet Thomas. I go, hey, I really liked him. I might turn that over and go, okay, follow up with Thomas. I talked to him about doing a podcast together. Give somebody a
1: space to remind themselves of who you are. And for the love of good follow-up, make sure the back of your card is not glossy. (laughs) So (laughs) sometimes people will get these fancy cards that are glossy on both sides. And what happens is I flip your card over on the back to write a note so I can follow up with you. And the ink just rolls right off the glossiness.
0: Yeah, but aren't all the authors don't all authors have sharpies, Thomas? So it's <laughs> no, they
1: don't. <laughs> yeah, but even the even then, I'm putting my clothes at risk and my hands at risk. Oh, don't for the glove of good follow up. I make sure it's now the front. You can be as fancy as you want: glossy, color, fuzzy, matte, thick cardstock. All of these things can help people remember you. If, when you hand somebody a business card, then they their first word is "Wow." This is a nice business card. That is an opportunity to shock the Broca region of their brain and give them a good experience with you. You can even put you know, your photo on the front if you want or your book cover on the front. But that back, you've got to leave it free for notes. And real quick, when we're talking about Broca, this is the region of your brain that sorts out noise from signal. <laughs> and there's a, there's a time to shock Broca and there's a time not to shock Broca. So the time not to shock Broca is with the shape of your business card. So what do people do with business cards? They take them and they put them in their wallets in the credit card slot. It's the most common thing people do with business cards. If you make your business card too big to fit in that slot, or so small where it gets lost. Suddenly people are not putting it in their wallets. They're putting it in their pockets where they will then put it into the trash. (laughs) So yes, there are places that will print business cards of any shape and size you want. And almost always that is a bad idea. One other thing you can do to make yourself stand out though, with your business card is
0: use a little bit thicker cardstock. I love this because it's not that much more money. And If you're just a little bit thicker than every other card out there, it it just
1: makes you memorable. Thomas? I agree. I I like that thicker card stock. Just don't make it so thick that it won't fit in that slot in your wallet. Because I have seen thickness taken uh, to an extreme. Right. All right. So let's talk about what to put on your business card. Uh, You know, it goes without saying you put your name on there. I once left in your email, I once, uh, my very first business cards I made, I left off my email. I had my phone number. I had my website. I had all my social media. You know, I had my Twitter and my Google Plus and my LinkedIn. And I didn't have my email (laughs) and just overlooked it. It was so (laughs) embarrassing. So I was always flipping it over on the back myself and writing my own email address on there. And I will say a lot of people are nervous giving out their phone number. But in general, if you're not comfortable giving your phone number to somebody, you probably don't really want to be giving them your business card. You want to be giving them uh, a bookmark because the whole point of a business card is to be able to follow up. You also want to put your website on your business card and some tips on this, because I see this done poorly often. You don't need to put the HTTP colon slash slash, leave that off. And you want to put it in what's called camel case. So if your website is joesmith.com, you want the J of Joe and the S in Smith to be capital. So it's a little bit easier to read and to see what the words are, Um, because there are some... Uh, unfortunate uh, words you might be making in your URL <laughs> that you don't realize that people don't know where to make the break. And using camel case is the easiest way. To do that, and I will say the W's are optional. You don't. You you could just have thomasumstat.com with no W's, no HTTP. If you feel for design reasons that the W's help balance the dot com, like if it's centered at the bottom of your card or something like that, you can keep the W's on. But uh, camel case for sure, and for sure leave off the HTTP.
0: And I would lean toward get rid of the W's if you can. Uh, you know, ten years ago it was like that was standard practice. It made sense, but these days. Uh, it, to Thomas's point, if design wise, it makes sense. Yes, do it. But most people or a lot of people, I shouldn't say most, but a number of people will look at that and see the
1: W's and go, oh, uh, wow, they're still living five years ago or 10 years ago. That's right. The, the only time I would for sure include the W's is if you're using a non-standard domain name. So if it's .com.net.org, you don't need the W's. But if you're, uh, let's say your podcast is christianpublishing.show, you may want to have the W's there just so people know this is a website. Because not everyone knows about .show or .io or .fm or all of the other top-level domain names that have come out in the last few years.
0: Okay, so do you put your face on the business card? Do you put a book cover on your business card? Let's talk about faces first. I am I can argue both sides of this. I'm really torn. Because especially if you're starting out in the industry, you want people to be able to glance at that card and go, oh yeah, that's it, that's Thomas. And yet I've always thought business cards with a photo on it look like you're trying to sell me real estate. And it just has always been a big turnoff for me. So Thomas, how do you weigh in on this?
1: I used to have my face on my business card and definitely made it memorable. In fact, I'd have people commenting years later about um, the photo, but it was not done in the real estate way. The full card was my face and I um, it was a horizontal photo. And so in the kind of dark background, I had the text uh, on the photo. So it, it had a very powerful effect and people really remembered it and people kept it. And it was the and it was a really good photo. Uh, and I was really good looking back then.
0: <laughs> Still good looking, my man.
1: <laughs> Everything has changed. And now there's no face. I you know gained a lot of weight since then. And I, I'm not putting my face on it. Uh, but again, if, if the goal is for people to remember you, having the face can help people remember you like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, some people are really good at remembering faces. I'm That's not me, I, I, I'm not particularly good at remembering faces, but a lot of people will never forget a face. So if you put your face on that business card, it can help. Uh, but I don't see it as a requirement. I am with, I'm with you, Jim. It could go either way. Um, but there is an argument for it. another thing you might do if you don't want to put your face on there is put your book cover. Um, but again, now we're moving more into bookmark mode. What do you think about putting the face or oh, sorry, the book cover?
0: Yeah. So putting a book cover on, and I did this, I had my first book on my first business card. And then I had my first two books and then I had my first three books. And after I got to four books, I thought, wow, I'm not going through these cards fast enough. And so I'm winding up with a bunch of extra cards all the time. And and so eventually I'm at the point now where I, I have too many books to put on a business card. And so I, I, I guess business cards are cheap enough that you could play with it um, But really what you want them to do with the, the business card is you want them to go to your website. You want them to engage with you. If the reminder is what your book is fine. But yeah, I'm, these days I'm not big on putting, uh, putting the book on the business
1: card. You Thomas. I agree. You know, a lot of people end up with a lot of leftover book covers or business cards. You mean? Yeah. um, I created a special kind of business card that had the book cover on one side and that's all it was. So it was like almost like a mini copy of my book, but on the back just had information about the book. So it really was like a, a bookmark. In the shape of a business card. Uh, and that worked pretty well. I gave a stack to my dad at a CPA firm and he handed them out to all of his clients. And I actually got quite a few sales that way. Uh, my dad is a great, great salesperson for me. Um, <laughs> but in, uh, I, I could see it other uh, both ways. I used to recommend putting social media links on your business card, but really you'd rather them come to your website and get on your email list. You don't really want them following you on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook as much as subscribing to your email. So I actually currently recommend uh, keeping social media off your business card.
0: Yeah, I would agree. It's harder to, I mean, with Twitter, you can say at James L. Rhubart, at James L. Rhubart. That's not that long, but especially with Facebook, you're putting a lot of text on there. And, and I would say, get them to your website. That's your hub that's the house that you
1: own. So make that the choice. That's right. All right. Let's so let's let's talk about bookmarks. Why bookmarks? What are bookmarks used for? Why should people print them? The biggest thing I like about bookmarks is that they uh, give you a chance to promote your book. And people love getting them. Uh, Readers love bookmarks. There's a huge discrepancy in the number of books people buy as opposed to the number of bookmarks people have. So they're always needing bookmarks uh, for their books. And it creates a small sense of reciprocity right? A a bookmark actually feels like a gift. If you're at the bookstore, buying a bookmark costs 50 cents or a dollar. And when you give somebody a bookmark, you're giving them a small gift. It's not a huge gift. And they understand that it's promotional, but uh, it's more valuable. has a higher perceived value than a business card.
0: I think frequency sells. Thomas thinks frequency sells. If you can get in front of that reader multiple times, you have a much higher chance of selling more books. And that bookmark is an ad for your other books. And so somebody might leave that bookmark lying around. They might leave another book that they pick up months later. They pick up your book. Oh, yeah, that, that bookmark. Some people will carry a bookmark that they like to the next book, to the next book, to the next book. And so, yeah, I, I think bookmarks can be really valuable because they love bookmarks. Avid readers- respect their books. There's this movie Finding Forrester, which is about writing. If you've never seen Finding Forrester, great movie, love that movie. And Sean Connery is kind of the, the mentor, uh, character in this movie and this guy he's guiding this young man he's guiding does the dog ear on the book it's like what are you doing to that book you're disgracing that book by doing the dog ear and so avid readers love bookmarks and there's even some people that collect bookmarks so bookmarks have a longer life than you would necessarily think they might have
1: yeah, people aren't going to throw them away like they would a business card. And it's very fun. I like the idea of advertising your book inside of somebody else's book. <laughs> so that, that's kind of a fun thing that bookmarks do that's unique. Uh, so let's talk about principles of good bookmark design. Uh, I would say the most important thing with a bookmark is to embrace the religion of less is more. So a lot of people like, well, gosh, a bookmark's got twice as much space in a business card. That means I can (laughs) cram twice as many things on a bookmark. And actually, you want maybe a less things on a bookmark. A good, beautiful bookmark should be uh, really simple. Uh, You want people to enjoy looking at that bookmark. Uh, So some tips on how to do that. First, avoid design by committee. We did an episode on this. Back in 2014, I think it was episode 19, we'll have a link in the show notes about how um, toxic design by committee can be. It's not just true for bookmarks, it's true for your website and book covers and everything um and you also want to keep your bookmark focused this is not a catalog of all of the books that you've written that's what your website is for that's what my book table is for there's great ways of putting a catalog of your books on your website the bookmark is not the place to do it Uh, now that said you can list multiple books a great way to do it is you have a bookmark for book one in the series and then you list books two three four five or whatever on the back of it uh so they and uh they know okay this is the, you know, where this book that I'm reading or this bookmark is for, where it fits in the series overall. Uh, but a good bookmark design is kind of like good uh, money design. So if you look at a coin, there's a heads and a tails. The head side of the coin is typically very simple. There's one prominent image and not a lot of text. And then there's the tail side, which has more text. And it has a, often a busier Image the same with uh, paper money, right? You have the face side of the bill, which is a little bit simpler, and then you have the back side of the bill, which is a little bit more complicated. And you'll notice in pretty much everyone's wallets, they go through the effort to have the face side of the bill facing them which is very interesting because that side is no more valuable and it has ultimately no more information than the backside of it. But most people make an effort. They want those founding fathers looking them in the face (laughs) or those artists if you're a French person. Um, And then uh, finally, let's talk a little bit about quality, Jim. Uh, What kind of quality do you recommend for a bookmark?
0: You spend a little bit more on the bookmark because again, this thing can be around for a while and its perception is reality in the sense that if it's a higher quality bookmark, they're going to hang on to it longer. They're going to say, oh, wow, this really is something rather than, I mean, think about it. If the if the bookmark is 15 pound paper and flimsy, they're going to throw it away. If it's you know 50 pound paper, they're going to hang on to the thing. So again, real simply said, the higher the quality,
1: the longer they're going to hang on to it. And you can get away with glossy on both sides of a bookmark because people aren't writing on a bookmark like they are on a business card. Uh, Now, in terms of the front of the bookmark, um, let's talk about the elements to include. Uh, You either want to include your book cover, which is the easiest thing to do. Like if you're designing it yourself and you just have a JPEG of your book cover from your designer, put your book cover on it, maybe some text down below. But really strong uh, bookmarks rework the book cover into bookmark shape. They've got the title, the author, like the dominant image from the book cover in a really cool, creative way. And then the short blurb or high concept. Jim, sometimes I see just a few, like the question, like you have really good questions to hook people into your book. Uh, Give us a couple examples.
0: Well, I'll give you an example that's actually very current, because I have a new book coming out in May called The Pages of Her Life, and I just finished working on a book or a book cover. I just finished working on a bookmark with my publisher, and, and we designed this thing in exactly that way, Thomas. And so the front of the bookmark, they have redesigned the cover in a way that it fits really well on there. And then the question, the core question of my book or the theme of it is, what if you stood up for yourself? For the first time in your life. And and so that immediately makes somebody go, oh my gosh, there's times where I wish I would have stood up or maybe I've never stood up for myself. And so that question is on the front and then you turn it over on the back. There's an image of me. And then there's two of my most recent books on there as well. The other thing we did interesting with this book is we have a quote from uh, an endorsement from another author talking about um, the impact that my books make on readers. And so I think what I'll do, Thomas, is when we post this to the Facebook group, I'll I'll post a, a picture of the front and back side of my bookmark as an example of of something I've done that I, I feel good about.
1: And we also have it at uh, novelmarketing.com forward slash 181. So we'll put it in the show notes uh, for this episode. Uh, so you can see what that looks like. And then the finally, uh, what I would include on that front is the uh, URL for the landing page for your book. So one of the things I recommend is that you buy the domain name for every book if you can get it. So for instance, my book, Courtship in Crisis, I own courtshipincrisis.com. If you go to courtshipandcrisis.com, I just have my domain registrar redirect everyone to the My Book Table page on my website, right? The book page for that book, which has links to Barnes and Noble and Amazon and all the rest of it. But people don't have to type in thomasums.com forward slash books forward slash courtshipandcrisis. All they have to do is go to courtshipandcrisis.com. And it gives me a chance, if I'm in a radio interview, to mention it really easily. And it looks really sharp on uh, a book. Uh, bookmark. Now on the back, uh, this you have a lot of flexibility with the back of a bookmark. Um, you can put your book covers there of uh, similar books. You can put um, you know the titles and the blurbs of your book. I'd include your complete website for sure, and um, potentially your, your photo and your bio. Uh, Jim, what are some other things uh, on that you might put on the back of a bookmark?
0: Well, yeah, it, it again getting down back to the busy thing. You don't want to put too much on there. I, I, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather have people, uh, during the discussion of this ask, okay, what if I put this on here? What if I put this on here rather than us say, well, you could put this and this and this and it ends up too packed. That's what I see again and again and again, where the bookmarks are N- no, we don't need to know absolutely everything about you. So yes, you could put a short bio, but. Anytime you're asking people to read
1: and read and read a book cover, that's, or sorry, a a bookmark, that's really not what it's for. Right. Less is more. These are ideas that you might do. Don't do it all. Although I would, every bookmark has to have your website. Absolutely. Without question. That's a critical. Yeah. That's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Because that's where they're going to get connected to everything else. In fact, having your website on there allows you to put less of the other stuff Because they can go to the website on the phone, and uh, that's an easy way uh, to get there.
0: (laughs) Right. But but I would say put your photo on there. People want to see who they're reading. And so I would say photo would be um, high on my list of priorities as well.
1: Yeah. Now, QR codes finally are supported on iPhones. People can scan them in the Photos app. Uh, the problem is no one knows how to do it, at least in America. Other countries, QR codes are much more popular, but QR codes never cut on here. So I would say probably no to a QR code, unless your name is really hard to spell or you have a really clunky <laughs> website URL. All right. So let's talk very briefly about now you've got these uh, bookmarks printed uh, what do you do with them? Uh, so let's talk about some strategies of things to do with your uh, bookmarks. So some easy things. Go to local bookstores and ask if you can give them away for free at the counter. Uh, you can hand them away at book events that you speak at or attend. Uh, a lot of writers' events will have whole tables full of bookmarks. Might as well put a stack uh, there. You can include them in a swag bag. Swag stands for stuff we all get. Uh, so a lot of events will have a swag bags and you can have an opportunity, you know, for you know, 50 bucks, you can have your bookmarks included in all of the swag bags. That might be worth it, might not, depending on the event. Anytime you mail out a signed copy of your book, include a bookmark <laughs> or two or three that they can pass around. And, and
0: I do that, but, but you do need to realize if you're sending your books out media mail and you put a bookmark in that, um, you are violating the advertising standards of media mail. So, just an FYI, just so that you know that. Now, am I admitting that sometimes I will put bookmarks when I send out a book, media mail? Yes, yes, I do.
1: But just be aware of that little nuance of the United States Post Office. Right. So, you can still send it bulk or uh, priority or second class. Yeah, uh, that's correct. But uh, media mail doesn't allow you to have promotions. Although, if a book is promotional, Right. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So anyway, there's, there's some gray areas there, um, Another thing you might consider is taking it to a local library and uh, see if uh, libraries would be willing to put it there where people check out. Or some libraries will have a table for these sorts of giveaways and will have a table full of bookmarks and things like that. Uh, and often then you don't even have to ask permission. You just take a stack and drop it off at the library. Uh, it can be a great way of getting your book into libraries, actually. If all these library library readers are picking up your bookmark and you're like, ooh, that looks interesting. And then they go to their library's computer to check it out and they don't see it. And there's a button that says request. They click request and suddenly libraries are buying your book for three times the price or five times the price, uh, a little bit of effort at libraries could actually get you a lot of money (laughs) without people having to spend any money.
0: And if you have books, your books are in libraries, in your local libraries. I did this. I went to the librarians. I said, can I slip my bookmarks into my own books that are on the shelves there, they said, yeah, absolutely do that. So I don't know if all libraries will do that, but my gosh, you have somebody reading a book that you wrote five books ago, and it's a new bookmark for a new book you have coming
1: out. Oh my gosh, if they like it, they've got that bookmark off, they go to to purchase your next book. Also anywhere where there's a waiting room, like I mentioned, my dad's accounting firm. Uh, I had a stack of the business cards, but your dentist's office, they probably never had an author come in and be like, Hey, uh, can I um, you know, put a stack of my bookmarks here? And oh, by the way, uh, here's a free copy of my book. If you give a free signed copy of your book to the receptionist and a stack of your uh, bookmarks, you have just, for the cost of a free copy of your book, Gotten a free salesperson <laughs> to promote your book, and that receptionist will be handing out your bookmarks. A lot of them will end up in the magazines, but some people might take them home. It's a really easy way to promote it, and it's a place where you're not competing with a lot of authors. You go take your bookmarks to a writers' conference. There are dozens of other bookmarks there competing for attention. You take your bookmark to your dentist. There are zero other bookmarks there competing <laughs> for attention. And you may be surprised how many waiting rooms you wait in in a given month. And and almost all of those receptionists will likely say, yes, all you have to do is ask. And then, of course, I would mail them to p- each person in your launch team with a handwritten thank you note saying, hey, thank you so much for being in my launch team. Here's 10 bookmarks. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. OK, so, Thomas, where uh, they're sold, they're ready to do um, business cards and bookmarks, where
1: do Give us some ideas on where people can go to get that done. So for the bookmark, the best place to get it designed often is by the person who is designing your book cover. They have access to all of the assets and the fonts, the specific fonts from your book cover, and they can often very easily and quickly and relatively inexpensively make a very high quality book bookmark. So I'd go for that first, if possible. Uh, 99designs, which is a place a lot of people get their book covers. um, You can create a custom project in 99designs where people are bidding or when they're submitting in your contest, You get hundreds of submissions. Uh, You can put, I want a book cover and a bookmark designed and people will give you both. And often you can get the bookmark relatively inexpensively that way. Um, If that's not an option, or if that's outside of your budget, uh, you can get bookmarks designed and book uh, and business cards designed at Fiverr.com. In fact, we'll have an affiliate link in the show notes that will save you twenty percent on your first purchase. (laughs) So uh, it could save you, you know, five dollars or more, um, or you know, a dollar if you buy something for five bucks. But hey, we'll save you a dollar, and we get a little something something uh, from uh, Fiverr. Uh, Fiverr. There are people who, for five or ten bucks, will design a business card or a bookmark for you. And they're pretty sharp looking. Uh, You can also do it yourself. Uh, So let's talk about where to get it printed. Uh, Moo.com and Vistaprint.com have a lot of really good templates where you can design your own uh, business card. You can also design your own bookmark. Um, I'm much more comfortable having authors who did not study design in school designing their own business cards. It's hard to get a business card wrong. (laughs) Like, just follow it. Pick a template you like. (laughs) Well, you'd be surprised, but but if you follow the template, yeah, if you follow the template, yeah. Follow the template, you'll, you'll be pretty safe. Um, for a bookmark to really pop, often it needs to be touched by somebody who actually understands the fundamentals of design. You can still, there are templates at Vistaprint for bookmarks, or you can do it yourself, and if you're on a budget... You know, using a template is better than nothing. Um, there are a lot of other. I've heard uh, some people recommending Print Runner. There's a lot of places to get business cards and bookmarks printed. In fact, feel free to post your favorite printer in the Facebook group if you found one that you like, you got a great deal. Um, I don't have a dog in this hunt personally. I use Vista Print, um, but. Mostly I just use them because that's who I have used for the last 15 years. (laughs) Um, And I haven't, you know, compared them. Moo.com has got a lot of premium, uh, more expensive options. They're a lot more expensive than Vistaprint, but they have some fancier options. Although I found I can get, if I go with like the deluxe business card on Vistaprint, I can still get a really high quality card cheaper than Moo.com. Jim, what do you use for printing?
0: Well, I I do use I do use Moo. I guess I like that that extra level. And I've had really good experience with them. I haven't used VistaPrint. So, um I guess those are a couple of good options for people to people to check out.
1: All right. We have just done one of the probably the most comprehensive episodes on author business cards. You'll find on any podcast. I challenge any podcast to go as in depth to the strategies. As uh, a quick couple of quick final tips. Um print half as many cards as you think you need. Oftentimes, authors, you know, print way more than they need, trying to get their per card cost down. But they end up with lots of business cards or postcards or uh, bookmarks that they end up throwing away. Uh, So, don't print as many as you think. It's better to reprint them if you need to. Uh, It's you're not actually saving yourself money if you print a thousand instead of five hundred and you end up having seven hundred and fifty left over when you're done promoting. Like it is hard to get out hundreds and hundreds of physical pieces of. Uh, paper. <laughs> so, unless you're like handing them out at the street or, you know, in front of a library or a bookstore. And I did, I was actually in Canada and there was an author there who was signing books and like passing out bookmarks to everybody who walked by at a bookstore. Uh, so, if that's your strategy, you know, maybe get a few more printed. Uh, another thing to think about is long term. Uh, you want, especially your business card, to last and not to be you know, out of date in a year. So make sure your, you know, your address is correct, your phone number is correct, and things that you'll be sticking with for a long time. And that's one of the downsides actually of including your book cover. If you're writing a book every six months, you're dating your business card very quickly. Um, Jim, have you ever thrown away business cards that are no, <laughs> no longer up to date?
0: Well, I hung on to them for a long time because I was going to build this really cool house of cards with them,
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> but I never got around to it. And yes, I did throw them out. All right. So anyway, we hope that this has been helpful. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to leave them in the Facebook group. We have a closed Facebook group that any listener of the podcast is welcome to join. Just go to Facebook uh, and do a search for Novel Marketing. You'll find our page, which we do ask you to like. We post there, but our group is where all the fun action is and we would love uh, to connect with you on facebook indeed
0: and we want to thank our patrons for supporting us and our future patron for this week is cheryl elton she has written a book pathway of peace living in a growing relationship with christ in this book she goes in depth how to figure out when it's time to press into a friendship and fix it or time to let that friendship
1: go and we will have a link to cheryl's book in the show notes. Cheryl, thank you so much for being a patron. We appreciate you Uh, so very, very much. And our sponsor today is the tax and business guide for authors. If you are doing your taxes, and you're an author, and you want to make sure you're paying the minimum amount that you are legally required. If you want to render unto Caesar only that which is uh, Caesar's, <laughs> go to authortaxtips.com. Like you can uh, learn if you are uh, paying far more than your fair share in taxes, and also how to reduce your likelihood of being an audit. And as always, our patrons save fifty percent. So log into your patreon.com account to, uh, unlock that discount. You have been listening to
0: James L. Rubart and Thomas Umstad Jr. on the novel marketing podcast, giving you innovative ideas. We hope on how to promote yourself and your writing offline business cards and bookmarks online and everywhere in between. Thank you so much for listening.